Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, a weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful, wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. I'm so glad you've clicked in to join me on this journey today. Let's walk together for a few minutes and see what we can discover on the way to the kingdom. Are you ready? Ready? Let's go! Greetings once again, friends. This is episode 31 of the podcast. The title of this week's episode is Eric Metaxas, Conservative Christian Author. Eric Metaxas was born June 27, 1963, in Queens, New York, New York. He attended Yale University and graduated in 1984 with a Bachelor of Arts in English. And although he was raised in the Greek Orthodox Church, he has most recently attended the Central Presbyterian Church on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Metaxas is a prolific author with publications written for children as well as adults. Unfortunately, in my view, he seems to have taken a hard-right political stance in recent years, and since I'm a dedicated centrist, both in political and religious ideas, I was quite disappointed to learn of his forceful positions in some of the controversial issues of our day. That being said, however, I have been greatly edified by several of his major books, and I'll share some thoughts about that as we work our way through the podcast today. I first became acquainted with Mr. Metaxas' work through a subscription I had several years ago with Audible.com. I was searching for a good biography when I came across his book, Martin Luther, The Man Who Rediscovered God and Changed the World. I thought it looked pretty interesting, so I used part of my bank of Audible credits to purchase the audio edition. Well, I could only listen for 15 to 20 minutes a day, so it took me a long time to finish. It's a big book. However, as I listened, I knew I needed a hard copy of this book on my library shelf so I could easily refer to the contents later, and I gladly headed over to Amazon to place my order. Later, I also downloaded and listened to two more of Metaxas' biographies, one Amazing Grace, William Wilberforce and the Heroic Campaign to End Slavery, and Bonhoeffer, Pastor, Martyr, Prophet, Spy, and several of his smaller publications. Most recently, I saw an advertisement for his newest book, Is Atheism Dead?, and I ordered a hard copy of that. But now, what I want to do is take you on a quick survey of those larger books that I mentioned. I'll talk about each of them, one at a time, in the order I read them originally, although not the publication order, because that is somewhat different. By the way, for those of you listening to the podcast, if you will go over to the website, the blog post website for goodlifenews.life, there are pictures there, and you can click on those pictures and it will take you directly to the Amazon page for each of those individual books. So let's start out with Martin Luther, the man who rediscovered God and changed the world. 
This book was released in 2017, and that happened to be the 500th anniversary year of Martin Luther nailing his 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg, Germany. Well, because I grew up in a Protestant church, I was very aware of Martin Luther's story at an early age. The preachers in our pulpit often talked about his Here I Stand appearance before the Diet at Worms, and they extolled his courage, integrity, and faithfulness to the Bible as the only legitimate rule of faith and practice for Christians. And staying true to one's conscience was high on our church family's list of core values. Then after graduating from high school, I chose a path in education that would prepare me for Christian ministry. Subsequently, over many years, I accumulated a BA in theology, a Master of Divinity, MDiv, and a Doctor of Ministry, a DMIN degree. And all of those courses included requisite classes in church history, and specifically people and events surrounding the Protestant Reformation. However, listening to Metaxas' audiobook on Luther, I discovered fascinating details about the great reformer and the Reformation itself that I had never known previously. The author is a master of pulling together a universe of data, anecdotes, historical records, personalities, and myriads of other details, weaving everything together into what I found to be a compelling telling of a most pivotal moment in history. And if you, like me, enjoy a long book with a powerful true story which literally changed the course of history for millions of people, you owe it to yourself to check out Metaxas' biography of Martin Luther. Yes, it is long, 451 pages, not including the endnotes, the detailed bibliography, and a complete index. There's also an appendix with the story of a prophetic dream, supposedly, experienced by Frederick the Wise, the elector of Saxony, on the morning of October 31, 1517, the very day Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the church door. I don't have time or space to tell you the story here, but it is truly amazing if it actually happened. So do an internet search for Frederick of Saxony's dream, and you can find it easily on the internet. Or if you get the book, you can read it in the appendix of the book, back in the back. It's a fascinating story. The second book I want to share with you today is called Amazing Grace, William Wilberforce and the Heroic Campaign to End Slavery. If it were not for William Wilberforce, who was a member of the British Parliament living from 1759 to 1833, the scourge of legal slavery could actually still be a reality even to our time today. Slavery was an ever-present fact of life in every culture throughout human history. The ancient wonders of the world, for instance, places like the pyramids of Egypt and the hanging gardens of Babylon, the Great Wall of China, Solomon's Temple in Jerusalem, and the Roman roads that extended from one end of the empire to the other, all were built on the backs of slaves. Wilberforce began life as a nominal Christian, but in 1785, at the age of 26, he experienced a personal conversion, which changed his life forever. He had been elected to Parliament five years earlier, in 1780, 
But after his spiritual awakening, he became an evangelical Christian, which precipitated many changes to the way he lived. His newfound faith drove him to seek and institute social reforms that were desperately needed in the late 18th century England. William became most focused and passionate about the innate cruelty and abhorrent realities of the then-current slave trade. He labored intensely for many years in Parliament to get slavery outlawed in Britain. It didn't come easily. All the momentum of many millennia, in which slavery was just a fact of life everywhere, pushed hard against his efforts. And to illustrate the horrors of the slave trade, Wilberforce commissioned and published drawings of actual conditions aboard the British slave ships. Now, on the website, I have a picture there, and I would really encourage you, if you're listening to this, to go to the website to this particular episode of the blog and scroll down and you can see the condition, the diagram of the cargo deck of a 16th century slave ship. And it is just absolutely mind-boggling what was happening there and how those human beings were treated as basically worse than cattle. It just is, is terrible. Previously, those who defended slavery contended that life for the slaves was much improved over life in the jungles of Africa. But when these drawings appeared in publications that were read by the general public, the outcry was so great that Parliament was forced to act, and they passed the Slave Trade Act of 1807, which outlawed the trading or the transport of slaves on British ships. But it was another 26 years before the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833 was passed, which totally outlawed slavery in the British Empire. Wilberforce himself died just three days after seeing the success of his lifelong crusade against slavery become a reality. Well, it took another 32 years, but the United States eventually followed Britain's lead. In 1863, President Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, and in 1865, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was passed and signed into law, forever abolishing the institution of slavery as a legal practice in America. It was the godly influence of one man's life that changed the world forever in this terrible, terrible thing, this social practice that had gone on for in all, nearly all the history of humankind. William Wilberforce truly made a difference for millions of people in his lifetime. The world is a better place today because he was here. The third book that I want to talk about today is Bonhoeffer, Pastor, Martyr, Prophet, Spy. In my book, Seven Essential Daily Prayers, I included a chapter for the third prayer, Integrity in My Life. Toward the end of that chapter, I wrote about choosing a life's motto, which, in addition to providing a theme for day-to-day living, could also be used as an epitaph for my grave marker, assuming my family would deem it appropriate. What I eventually came up with was vivere cum integritas. It was a Latin phrase meaning 
to live with integrity. Reading Eric Metaxas' biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I got the feeling that here was a man for whom integrity was an absolute core life value. He lived by his conscience, and in the end, it cost him his life. Bonhoeffer was extremely gifted intellectually. He saw through the Weasley hypocrisy of German Christians supporting Hitler and helped form a confessing church in opposition to the official German Christian church. Well, during the war years, he taught underground seminary classes and worked tirelessly to oppose both the excesses of the regime and still preserve the true faith of German believers as they had received it from Martin Luther and other reformers. At one point, when it seemed he was in the greatest danger, however, he fled to New York where he briefly studied several years earlier. However, at that time he felt so anxious for the condition of things back in Germany, he only stayed in the States for a short time, and he turned around and voluntarily went back to minister to those who needed him in the middle of the Nazi terror. Things were so bad that their only hope was the removal of Der Führer. A bombing attempt to assassinate Hitler failed, and individuals involved in the plot were tracked down and imprisoned. Bonhoeffer was one of the conspirators, and he spent a year and a half in prison, and then was executed by hanging on April 9, 1945, by order of Hitler himself. He died a martyr's death, and yet the influence of his life lives on, and his book, The Cost of Discipleship, has become one of the greatest classics of Christian literature. So the final book that I want to share with you today is Is Atheism Dead? Uh, release is Is Atheism Dead? Well, quite frankly, I wasn't too impressed with the first section of this book where he talks about the fine-tuning of nature from the entire universe to molecular phenomena here on Earth. My objection wasn't so much about the data he described as it was his, to me, seemingly flippant attitude towards scientists who see things differently. Metaxas often presents as, quote, scientific fact, end quote, information or ideas that are really only at the hypothetical stage of exploration, or at least that seems that way to me. And beyond that, he uses a very casual writing style, including some colloquialisms that just don't reflect the importance of the subject matter. At least that was my impression. Nevertheless, he does present some astounding thoughts very few people have even considered. These are very valuable to his overall argument. I just wish he would have written them in a more professional tone. That being said, as I have progressed further in the book, I've found it much improved to my way of thinking, and the second section on archaeology is fascinating. The stories of accidental discoveries and coincidences are amazing. I especially enjoyed the accounts of how the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Silver Ketef Hinnom Scrolls came to light. If you're not familiar with these stories, I'd encourage you to do an internet search and read about them, and there are many others as well. Or, here's a thought, you might even have to order this book. Of course, you don't have to buy it from Amazon. 
any other outlet, online or local, your local bookstore can get it for you, as well as any of the other books that I've shared in this post. Well, that's going to do it for now. Thank you so much for listening today. I do pray that you have been blessed. I hope you can join me for next week's episode, which I'm going to share some favorite Christmas stories since this is the Christmas season. So be sure to tune in and invite someone to listen with you. And as I always say, if you enjoy these podcasts and blog posts, please do share the links with your friends, your family, or whomever. And truly, my many thanks in advance. So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join the conversation about today's content, please visit our website at www.goodlifenews.life. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. If you'd like to help out in this ministry, it's incredibly helpful if you'd leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.